0: Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 722.
1: I hope that many people get an opportunity to find, do something that they truly love like that.
0: This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Laura Clauser. Hey, Laura, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride?
1: Well, my six point harness is fully attached and the steering wheel's engaged. Let's go. It's a green
0: flag. Oh, this is serious. Well, I will try to keep it between the guardrails and the shiny side up, as they say. <laughs> Laura Klauser is the program manager for the Cadillac ATS VR race program that runs in the Pirelli World Challenge GT. She was born and raised near Baltimore, Maryland, and received her bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering at the Rensselaer. Is that how I say that? Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute? Yeah, you did did really well. Good old RPI. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, that's a little bit easier, RPI. And she got her master's degree in engineering from the University of Michigan. So we are talking to one smart cookie today. Laura started working for General Motors as a co-op student and then a full-time employee in 2008. She's held various positions in different platforms, including advanced design on the Corvette C7, releasing parts for the Cadillac CT6, and noise and vibration on the Chevrolet Cruze, the Buick Encore, and the Chevrolet Spark. Laura's active in SAE, including Dynamic Events Coordinator for the Formula SAE Michigan Competition. And guess what? She also participates in track day events. You'll find her out there either driving her Cobalt SS Turbo or a very fast Corvette Grand Sport. Laura, I've told our listeners just a tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, sure, maybe a little bit more about your career and, of course, your passion for automobiles?
1: Sure. Well, I am one of the lucky few at, at uh, working for Cadillac at General Motors that gets to say that I have pretty much one of the coolest jobs you can have in the company. Being on the race program, working with the race cars and the race team is definitely a dream come true. I uh, got into cars about age 13. I started getting interested in in the whole concept of driving and being a part of the automotive world. and And every step along the way and things I did, Uh, especially in college, being on the Formula SAE team, and then moving on to, you know, working for General Motors and and getting in the engineering, getting placed on the C7 program with my very first job at GM, which was an incredible, good place to be, right place, right time kind of situation. It's only made the uh, passion for being involved with the design of automobiles and then seeing how far you can push them, and, and especially in the racing world or even on a track day with my personal cars. I love it. I, gasoline, for sure, runs through my veins, and depending on the day, I could say diesel fuel does, too, because I have done a, l- a little work on our cruise diesel in the past, so um, it's it's a world I'm heavily engrossed in, and I love being there.
0: <laughs> well, this is so cool to have you on Cars, yeah. I think you're about the 46th, 47th woman I've had on Cars, yeah, and the automotive world has kind of always been a man's world kind of for a long, long time, but more and more women are getting involved, and, I, and that's why I love having you here, because for those younger Cars yeah, listeners, young women or even older women that want to pivot into a new career in automotive, uh, you're a great example of someone who is living her dream, walking her talk, and uh, taking women into the automotive field. And us guys are happy to see you here. As we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success, and it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah, I know you love to drive and drive fast, so Laura, take the wheel.
1: Well, my live by quote is really simple, and it's it's very much never give up. Um, persistence is really what gets you pretty much anywhere with your goals, with building relationships, with you know developing who you want to be and what you want to do. Uh, you you're going to be faced with the challenges all the time. I know, and it it goes from everything. Um, I could give you examples of some negotiations I've had. Actually, my my wonderful corvette that i love so much that was definitely a never give up situation working with the dealer to get a price that made sense <laughs> for us and then you know the overwhelming to do to-do list you end up with at work trying to make sure you get through everything making sure you get you know responses back from the people you're working with it's always knowing what your goal is and moving towards it Uh, Sometimes you have to try different things, but for certain, my persistence has definitely gotten me where I am today, especially getting on the race program. It was something I had been hoping to do for probably about five years before I found a way to get there, and again, I just never gave up, and I finally had the opportunity. I'm really glad to say that I'm there.
0: Well, congratulations for all that, and you've got the right attitude. I've had dozens and dozens of racers. There's that dog. That is a big big dog. Oh, my gosh. Holy cow. Well, I'll tell our listeners, we knew there was going to be a delivery coming, and uh, the guard dog just let Laura know that that delivery was there. Very cool. Well, what I was going to say was I've had dozens and dozens of racers on the show, and every single one of them uses the quote, never, ever give up. Every single one of them. And you work in a racing program, so, uh, you know, that's just uh, fantastic. It's the right attitude you've got to have, especially in racing. So... Let's go back in time, Laura. You talked about being 13 and getting involved with cars and falling in love with cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life back then that, and a story around that, that you could share with us that you knew that you were indeed a car gal?
1: Well, I don't know if I had like an exact turning point where I went from not noticing cars to, you know, this is it. This, this little instance is what got me into it. And the more I think about it, I think it's just, something that was going to happen. In fact, the, the running joke is um, my mother uh, owned a 65 Mustang convertible. That was her first car. My grandfather bought it for her. He worked at a, a um, school that had a program for, you know, the Votech program for mechanics, and they took the shell and they fixed it up. And that is the car that I was brought home from the hospital in. Wow. So I figured, you know, the fumes got into me from day one. So <laughs>
0: Well, and it was a Ford, not a GM product, so you did a little twist there, but uh, that's, <laughs> o- that's okay. Mustangs are cool.
1: Exactly. And, and, you know, I think back to some of my favorite stuff, if I want to think when I'm really little... Washing the big vans and whatever cars we had at home with my dad was just an event. I used to get out there and enjoy helping him, or well, I thought I was helping. I'm sure if <laughs> you asked him, I was. But um, you know, just fond memories. Uh, and then when we we moved when I was seven from more of a suburban to a rural setting, and my dad got a nice big John Deere tractor because he had you know 33 acres now to take care of, and wow. I just couldn't wait when I was like 12, 13 to be allowed to start driving that tractor. And that's really what I learned. Not to drive a car, but, you know, to get the yeah. concepts of, of driving behind on. And again, some fond memories of mowing the lawn, believe it or not, <laughs> when I was little. And uh, and really that just led into being 16 and the freedom that came with the license and being able to get out there and uh, kind of control my own destiny in Knowing that, you know, if I wanted to participate in something as long as I was, you know, got the blessings from mom and dad at the time that I could get in the car and go. And yeah. and it's just been ever since just been infatuated with that lifestyle that comes around car ownership and the almost uh, fashion that being involved in the car world brings because we all have our, our favorites and the ones that we're not interested in. And it's just a neat world to
0: to be in oh yeah sounds like it so what a nice journey well what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or a big failure that you faced along the way in your career of course the reason I like this question is not so much about the experience although that's important but it's what that experience taught you so tell us how that specific experience helped you gain even more momentum in your business and your career
1: yeah well it's funny, The probably the experience that resonates with me the most for you know figuring out direction wise who I am and what I wanted to go with happened when I was 16. We're still kind of back in the past here a little bit, but uh-huh. I had just gotten my license. i had only had it for a couple of months and I went out to go do some type of errand running. And in the process, I didn't check all my mirrors properly. And when I was backing up in the shopping garage, I clipped the corner of my mother's relatively brand new ford explorer
0: Uh and
1: (laughs) sent the front fascia flying off the car oh not good but you know for as much as i i honestly thought my dad was going to kill me that day in fact (laughs) i'm surprised i'm still alive it it ended up being a huge thing for me because I i was 16 i was a junior in high school and it was just the beginning of the summer and i realized you know what I have to fix this. This is my problem and I have to make it right. So I went out and got, um, and I was already working, part-time doing some accounting work for a company that was pretty local to where we lived. But I went out and got a job as a receptionist for a BMW dealership. I worked two jobs over the summer. Wow. And I managed to pay back what it cost to get the car fixed mm-hmm. and then saved up enough to buy my first car. Nice. Which uh, was a Ford ZX2. I came from a Ford family. You yeah, tell. I guess so. And, you know, that experience was important to me because you realized then, you know, when you screw up, you have to fix it. Like you can't walk away from these things. This is your your thing to do. And, and really it was that independence and that accountability that came from it. And then it it also, to me, it was showing that if I was willing to get out there, have a day job and a night job and have that goal of taking care of the debt I had accrued, that I hard work really got you to the end game. And so from there on out, I realized, well, it's up to me and I need to put full effort in it and i'll see the achievement of goals at the end
0: well you were raised by some great parents i can tell just by telling that story because uh yeah they taught you a valuable lesson there you had to pay for your errors and your mistakes and work real hard and uh that hard work ethic obviously has carried you through into the career you you have today Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a career aha moment. I like to say it's a time when the headlights kind of illuminate a new journey for you, a new path, a new direction. And tell us the steps you took to turn that into a success.
1: Yeah, I would say that recently within the past year, uh, I've been really trying to figure out, all right, I'm getting up to about 10 years in GM and and what. What am I looking for? Where am I headed in the company? What do I want to be when I grow up? (laughs) Uh, Which, you know, you think it's an easy question and answer. And then when you get down to it, you're like, you know, this really is not easy. It it takes a lot of thought to figure
0: out. You You know, I was just going through this last night with my son. We were talking about, he's 22. He's graduated from college, has a great job with Google. And we were talking about answering that question, what do I want to do? And when you have to sit down and put that on paper, it could be a challenge.
1: Yeah, it sure can. And, and at the time I was working out at the Milford Proving Grounds, which is Candyland for anybody that's interested in, in developing cars. Uh, it's the facility that General Motors has dedicated to all the integration work we do on the vehicles, uh-huh. the testing. It, it's a really cool place. And I was doing noise and vibration work and I was I had kind of been setting myself up for the path of you know, learning how to be the proper engineer, you'd spend time in advance work, then you go and you release parts, which I did on um, the Cadillac CT6 and the new Malibu. And then you head into integration, you see how do the parts come together and and interact and make the car better. And, And I was loving being at the proving grounds, I was loving who I was working with. But I wasn't really loving the idea of doing noise and vibration for the rest of my life or doing that type of design work. So I started thinking, you know, okay, what is it that I really do enjoy? And what I found is the volunteer work that I had been doing with Formula SAE out working on the dynamics events was really the item that I looked forward to the most. Mm-hmm. The prep work we do throughout the year for that competition and then being at the competition. I'm, I'm on a high the entire time I'm at the competition. I, I, I'm i a person that needs my six to eight hours a night. And I think I get maybe four if I'm lucky there and I still am fine. (laughs) Yeah. And that's when I realized, you know what, what I enjoy doing and what I I excel at is being put in a situation where you have to be quick thinking, you have to be working with groups of people and, and mainly helping facilitate communication, especially out in the formula competition. We've got many different people, most volunteers working together and everyone wants to do the right thing, but we don't always know how to do the right thing together. So it's figuring out how to bring all those people together to put on a good event for the students, a very good learning event. Uh, And and for those who aren't familiar with Formula SAE, it's a collegiate competition that engineering students sign up for. They design and build a race car throughout the year, and they come to the Michigan competition, or we have one in Lincoln, Nebraska, and compete. We have about 120 schools sign up. It is Definitely a top-notch competition. We have schools coming from the entire world, uh, Europe, Asia, Australia. Uh, It's really great. So it's a lot of fun. But when I realized how much I enjoyed that, and, and I think I'm pretty good at it, that's when I said, you know, I think what I need to do is head into more of the program manager side of things and uh, working to bring the people together, pushing product forward mm. by building the right team. And ultimately, that led me into the, the racing job, which I think has been a great fit because I feel like I've, I've had an opportunity to really shine.
0: Oh, how exciting. Well, you're very fortunate to have figured this out at this point in your career because being at a big company like GM, of course, so many roads to travel down, so many opportunities, so many paths and uh, making sure you make the right turns when you should so you can get to the next point in the road to the next fork in the road to make another turn is really important. So sounds like you're having a lot of fun. How <laughs> about proudest career moments? I would assume you've had quite a few, but is there one in particular you could share?
1: Yeah, I started with General Motors in 2008, and while we don't like to dwell on it, I think most of the car world remembers 2008 wasn't a very good year uh, for General no, Motors. No, it
0: wasn't good for a lot of car makers or people <laughs> together. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: um, and I'm I'm very fortunate. I I was the my, actually my husband and I joined the company at the same time, and we were the last group of people that they let in before they picked up the phone and called everybody else that was scheduled, you know, to come in at later d- dates and said, you know what, never mind.
0: Uh, um, yeah. Now would not
1: be a good time, which, and that was rough, but getting through bankruptcy with the company. And then actually the hardest years came after bankruptcy in about 2011, 2013, we were extremely lean. Uh, they had, you know, downsized us as much as they possibly could. And then they decided that they were ready to start filling the pipeline with product, Hmm. which is great, but you need, you know, the support system and the people to do that. And they they were in the process of hiring, but they couldn't do it fast enough. So I think my proudest moment is I was releasing parts at that time. I had suspension components for what is now the new Malibu that just came out. And then the Cadillac CT6, our really big flagship sedan. Mm -hmm. And surviving that time where there was very few of us working in the company to make these happen and have that product come out so great. If you get in either one of those cars, you'll be blown away by how um, wonderful they are. The CT6 is a dream to drive. The Malibu is a no-compromise, you know, family sedan. Mm-hmm. And we we did that. That myself and the small group of suspension engineers that were working together, we band together, we worked long hours, but at the end of the day, we never. Uh, sacrificed on the product or compromised, and we were able to put a good product out. So I'm pretty proud of getting through that time. And yeah. since then, GM's hired quite a few more people, so now it's a little bit easier yeah. to do. We don't have to continue to go through that. But it, it definitely, you know, what you're made of when you live through things like oh, that.
0: Oh goodness, yes, I know so many people that, are, that had huge challenges during that time. And I'll tell you, I have a, a cousin who I visit every year in Carmel. He lets me stay at his place during Car Week, so it's really nice to have a free place in Carmel during Car Week, that's <laughs> for sure. And he's driven ford products for a long time but he has that new cadillac and just loves it i mean just fantastic and my mother-in-law who i'm about to go visit she just bought one she traded in her lexus and bought one and just thinks it's an awesome car so uh there's two family members of mine that are driving your products that just can't say enough about them so bravo to you and your team for what you guys have created Let's go back in time a little bit here. I'd love to hear about your first really special car, maybe a little bit later than that Ford you came home from the hospital in, (laughs) but uh, maybe you could share a special memory about that vehicle as well.
1: You know, I wish I could say I got to drive that Mustang, but my mom and dad got rid of it before I was driving it. Yeah, <laughs> so. darn it,
0: darn it. Oh, well. I know,
1: right? My dad still regrets it. I feel bad for him. I told him, you know what, Daddy, another one will come along.
0: Yeah, well, so. they only made a million plus of those things. So yeah, <laughs> there's a few of them out there.
1: Yeah. Well, my very first car, I think I mentioned was the, um ZX2. Yep a little Ford and it was a manual transmission and what was kind of neat about that car is I bought it and couldn't drive it. I hadn't learned how to drive a stick yet. So mom brought it home for me and I got myself set out in the backfield and I just practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced until it was good to go and yeah. she felt safe, you know, let me out. Right. And that car was, was fun, but I think the car that I have the most connection with that I still have actually is my cobalt. I love that little turbo. It uh it just Everyone looks at it and they go, oh, it's a Cobalt. And I said, no, 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 it's a Cobalt SS Turbo, completely different animal. It's got 260 horsepower and 260 foot-pounds of torque. So you yeah. got the best of both worlds. Wow. It's been with me since 2009. Basically, I got it a couple months after I moved out to work for GM. And I feel like it's just been through everything with me, all the different jobs, all the different uh, life moments. Uh, you know, I got married Having that car, I got my dog and brought him home for the first time in that <laughs> car. I don't have any children; I my dog. Um, we heard <laughs> we heard
0: him a few minutes ago. He's a big dog. I think it sounds like a big dog.
1: Yes, he is. He's German Shepherd mix.
0: All right, don't don't mess with what's his name,
1: Spike. Spike. Yeah. Oh
0: wow. Okay. Well, don't mess with Spike.
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's just kind of been a part of me, and it happens that I, I really love that car. In fact, I, I tell my husband that I would uh, I would probably get rid of the corvette before i get rid of that cobalt no, i would I don't know. I connect it with it somehow.
0: So, wow. Well, you know, that's a huge statement. I think, uh, most definitely. And, uh, those are cool. They've got, you got the SS. so He's got the nice bucket seats with the big bolsters inside. and, yes. and big, Yeah. Yeah. I'm, f- I'm familiar with what those look like. They're a little pocket rocket kind of vehicle. So, very, very cool. I like that. Well, your mom was a little kinder than mine. And I love my mom. But when I bought my, uh, first stick shift car, I was in high school and it was a Carmen Ghia. And we went and picked it up and, it was in Point Loma, and we lived in La Jolla, California. So it was about a fifteen twenty minute drive. And uh, my mom started to leave, and I said, "Uh, I've never driven a stick. <laughs> how am I going to get <laughs> How am I going to get home?" She goes, "Well, you better figure it out." And, oh. <laughs> and, uh, the guy selling me the car gave me a quick lesson and I think I stalled in every at every stoplight. I, I I tried to turn everywhere I could without stopping so that I could get home, but uh I made it. You just kinda of figure it out. Well how about sellers remorse? Is there a, a vehicle you've owned and let go that you really wish you still had?
1: You know, I, I no, I still have the two that I love the most. Yeah, <laughs>
0: you got two cool cars, so what the heck? So, well, good for you. Just hang on to them, then you won't have to answer that question like the last seven hundred twenty-one people on the show have answered with a tear in their eyes. Oh, geez. Yeah, you're including me. You're very fortunate. Well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. I know there's lots of things you can't talk about when it comes to uh, cars and racing teams and things like that, but maybe you can share a little bit more about what has you excited and fired up for the coming year.
1: Well, I tell you, Cadillac racing has exploded this year in such a positive, wonderful way. We just introduced our brand new prototype, the Cadillac DPI VR that raced and won
0: yeah. Daytona. Yeah, congratulations. So, we're,
1: thank you. We're, we're very excited about that. There's been a lot of effort that's gone into the development of that vehicle. And uh, the two teams that run that car for us, uh, Wayne Taylor Racing and Action Express, are just Great to work with, top-notch, very professional teams, and and we're very proud of the one-two finish in Daytona and and really look forward to seeing how the car does throughout the season. So that for sure, for those who like to follow the IMSA racing, definitely recommend. The car's been designed to represent the future of Cadillac. So we're kind of giving you a preview of what's to come in the Cadillac world with design cues and, and things like that. So it's, it's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say too, uh, one of your drivers, Johnny O'Connell has been a guest here on Carshat.
1: Yes, and, and that's on the other side of the fence with the ATS VRs. Yeah. They get um, new dresses, <laughs> with he's in the cars. Uh, the, they have new liveries on this year, and we get to invite uh, welcome two new drivers with us. The Pirelli World Challenge has a new format they're calling Sprint X, mm-hmm. where they're taking a 60-minute sprint race, and they're adding a driver change in the middle to uh, add a, a different element of strategy. Yeah. And so joining Johnny O'Connell and Michael Cooper, our drivers that we've had with us, will be Ricky and Jordan Taylor. Oh, cool. Uh, which is exciting. We're bringing, you know, the Cadillac family together. And uh, we're we're really excited about how this season's going to go. We love the new look of the cars and the new team members that are joining us. So it's it's going to be Pretty
0: hot for Cadillac Racing this year, I think. Oh, gosh, yeah. You guys are off to an awesome start. And that new car is just awesome looking. I mean, it just looks like a beast. The way it sits and the stance and the body, it's just uh, uh, awesome, awesome. It's going to be really fun to follow. So congratulations on that first start win and uh, wish you guys the best of success as the season moves on. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Laura. If you were a car, what kind of car would Laura be and why? You know, I
1: actually really identify with my little cobalt which is probably why I'd, I'd keep it before the, uh, the Corvette the Corvette <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and I say the reason that I feel like the cobalt and I are are almost sisters in a way is that we both have a way of shattering perception of what we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to perform.
0: Oh, that's nice. Um, yeah.
1: I mean, you know, like I said, a lot of people look at that cobalt and they go, Oh, it's just a cobalt. It's like, no, you need to to see what it's like to take one around the racetrack. Uh, um, I've driven it around, I've I've chased down Corvettes in the car. Wow. Nothing against the Corvette, it's just, you know, yeah, driver yeah. changing. But um, you know, it's a spunky little car. It's it's little, but it hangs with the higher horsepower. And I like to think that in a way it's kind of like how I am. I love being out there with the, the high horsepower of the industry and, and trying to find a way to fit in and, and make my own mark.
0: Uh, you put some great thought to that question. I appreciate that awesome answer. I think that's a great fit. Stealthy would be a good word for both you and your little Cobalt. <laughs> Very nice. Well, Laura, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars yeah, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer, and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com, or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at carsyeah.com. All right, Laura, we are back and we're entering the last lap. You know what this means, the white flag's out and it's time to put our foot into it and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers so here we go what's the best automotive advice you've ever received drive your car don't
1: let it sit
0: no garage queens here cars yeah it's bad for them uh last couple of collector cars i bought set for far too long and it cost so much to get them back roadworthy between dried up oil lines and seized parts. And uh, yeah, not good for a car. They don't like Ooh, Not good. <laughs> no. Uh, would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years?
1: It's very simple, but saying please and thank you. Uh, not enough people do it.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And if I uh, don't say it at the end here, thank you for being my guest here today. I oh, you're welcome. <laughs> very, very nice. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners you think they would really enjoy?
1: I I would be, you know, very, uh, can't think of the word
0: remiss remiss,
1: (laughs) to not say to, to check out, um, SAE that it's an organization I've been involved in since college. And it's for anyone who's interested in helping with bringing in the future engineers, the auto industry through STEM program stuff, or if they're just interested in the auto industry in general and how our, our standards get set, SAEs your resource. That's where you need to check it out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And obviously uh, SAE, Society of Automotive Engineers. So, uh, and there's Spike again. He's, uh, yeah. he's after somebody. So uh, run oh, fast, yeah. whoever you are. <laughs> You're going to have to. Oh my gosh. Now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive field, living or deceased, who would it be?
1: Uh, for sure, it would be Lee Iacocca. He, he definitely is one of the first people that got me interested in the auto industry. I thought his story was so cool. And it's basically how he, he went from engineering to sales, and he got into uh, product development. And I I hope that one day maybe I can write a story similar to his.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd be pretty cool. Well, Spike, Spike, you need a pet, big fella. You sound, you sound like you're sad <laughs> out there, so... Well Laura, if there was a book that you've read that you could share with us, what would it be?
1: You know, I I was thinking about books and I'm I'm guilty of not reading too much into books, but what I've been doing lately is I've been watching a lot of the shows on either Netflix or Amazon Prime about different car culture. Oh in yeah. fact I I just watched one on uh, the Porsche crowd, and it's actually a way to do research while you're doing dishes at night, or <laughs> if you're just kind of relaxing. Yeah. And I didn't realize how much was out there, so it, there's definitely a lot of opportunity to learn more about, you know, different things through the the videos. And like I said, I can multitask, which is always good.
0: That's <laughs> uh, always important. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources. Laura's been so kind to share on her show notes page at carsia.com/slash. Laura Klauser, K-L-A-U-S-E-R is how you spell that last name. And there's another great place on the Cars website. I know she listed a audio or video type show, but there's an awesome number of books listed under the resources guide on the Cars website called Guest Recommended Books where you can find hundreds and hundreds of cool books listed for quick, easy clicks to buy. All right, we are up to the checkered flag. Laura, this last question can be a bit of a doozy. If you could have only one very cool collector car in your garage, but money's no object, I'm going to buy you anything you'd like today. What would it be and why?
1: That is a tough one. Um, there's definitely a lot of things that I would consider. I mean, I, I love my two current Chevys. I've always liked the Packards from the 30s. Ooh. I don't know why, but I do. Oh. And then my favorite Corvette, hands down, has got to be the Corvette Z06 Carbon that we came out with and I believe it was 2011. Uh-huh. But if I could only have one and that was it, I think what I would probably want is the CTS-V wagon in a manual transmission.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's different and unique. I like the manual transmission, of course. That's a cool one. When we bought our son his first car, it was a little 3 Series BMW and it was a manual. And I think he's the only one in his high school that could drive a manual car. So uh, (laughs) that was kind of cool. Both my kids, I insisted, they learn how to do that. Well, what about the CTS-V wagon? That excites you so much. What is it about that car?
1: It, to me, it's it's a one stop shop. It's a phenomenal handling vehicle. It's got that honking V eight in it, so <laughs> it, it goes fast. It sounds amazing, and it looks great. It's a, it's a rolling piece of art. So if I were only be able to have one, I could still use it to go and run my errands or take trips in. It's comfortable. Um, my husband's a wagon guy for sure. So yeah. obviously, if we just had one, we'd have to share. Yeah. <laughs> for sure be uh, interested in that. But it's just, to me, it was one of the vehicles that really showed the transformation of Cadillac coming around and and start turning over a new leaf and and definitely embracing performance. And it's just a cool car. I I know everyone in the car world knows what that is when you say it. And uh, I I think it'd be for sure a eye turning, you know, catcher of, hey, what's that? Oh, that's awesome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a one heck of a grocery getter. That's for sure. I mean, yeah, that thing's just a beast. I mean, it's just the big, giant flares on the fenders. It's such a beautiful car. What color would you like yours in?
1: Oh, definitely one of the dark ones. That dark gray that we offered was gorgeous, but, you know, every Cadillac should be black, so that's fine, too.
0: (laughs) There you go. There you go. Oh, what a nice car. Absolutely. Well, I think that's doable. Uh, That's not quite as expensive as the last guest who, I believe, wanted a Ferrari GTO or something like that, so... uh, Laura, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I knew you would, and I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. And I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the Cars Show listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of wisdom and guidance before you rip off down the racetrack in that CTSV wagon?
1: <laughs> well, you know, so many people at GM that have, have risen to high ranks, you know, Taz Jufter, the, the chief of the Corvette, you've got um, Ken Kelzer, who's one of our VPs. They've all told me, you know what, when you do something that you love, it it just, it doesn't, every day gets better. No matter how hard the day is, no matter what you have on your plate, if you love what you do, you're going to consider that you have the best job and you're going to move forward. And I I really understand that now. And I, I really encourage people to figure out what is it that Fits their strengths and wants you know that they want to do and have a great time with and figure that out and then if you can find a way to get into it, it truly even the days that are rough are not that you still come home and you're like you know what I still love my job and I can say I'm definitely there right now. In fact, I'm I'm worried that I might have to do something else in the future because I love this job so much. But I hope that many people get an opportunity to find do something that they truly love like that.
0: Well, that is the secret sauce to life, absolutely for sure. So. And what's the best way for our listeners to follow along with what you're up to and what you guys are doing there at uh, Cadillac Racing?
1: Well, if you're interested in watching the ATS's race, that you can live stream the races through the Pirelli World Challenge website. Uh, Just Google Pirelli World Challenge. It'll pop right up. And uh, our schedule's on there. And then IMSA as well does something similar where you can watch the races. So if you go to IMSA.com, you can watch the prototypes race. And that would be the best way to see what the uh, Cadillacs are up to and how our season's going.
0: Absolutely. Well, listeners, I will make sure that I've got links to those on Laura's show notes page at carsyad.com. Just type Laura Klauser or just Laura in the search bar and her page will pop up and you can find those links. I would encourage you to check out what she and her team are doing there at Cadillac because they are off to an awesome start. think you're going to have a fantastic season this year. Very, very proud of you and what you guys are doing. I want to thank you again for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your automotive journey with the Cars Yeah listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road.
1: (laughs) Thanks so much, Mark. It's been a pleasure getting to know you.
0: Pleasure's all mine. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah.